The New South Wales Productivity Commission has been examining the effect of lengthening postgraduate teacher qualifications. Now, since 2011, a national reform meant that aspiring teachers who already had a university degree in some other subject had to complete a two-year master's to become a teacher. Previously, they only had to do one extra year. All states and territories have now phased this change in, with New South Wales doing it in 2014. But the Productivity Commission research is indicating this has actually stopped a lot of people from becoming teachers. The figure is said to be about 9,000, and I think that's in New South Wales alone. Kevin Donnelly is a senior fellow at the Australian Catholic University and expert on education and joins us now. Thanks for your time, Kevin. Always a pleasure. It seems that that extra year is a bridge too far for a few people. It is, especially for older people. And we need uh, older people who've had uh, life experience, who've possibly been in another profession or job, and they come back to teaching but to do a two-year degree is often too long uh, too expensive and so going back to a one-year what I did many years ago a diploma of education which is one year is a very good move and the productivity commission should be congratulated for making that recommendation and why did they change it in the first place? Was there said was there said to be some kind of uh, dropping in standards or something? That's a good question. I mean, I'm old enough to remember we you, we, we once had teachers' colleges, and uh, if you wanted to be a primary teacher, for example, you went to a teachers' college. If you're at university, did an undergraduate degree, uh, you'd do a diploma of education one year. And then what happened, they closed uh, all the colleges, all the education faculties moved to universities. And universities, as we know, uh, are often all about getting more students. Uh, You know, I hate to say it, but uh, getting more money, more students. And so the reality is, if they can have a two-year Masters of Education instead of a one-year diploma, They'll go, they'll go to the Masters because then they've got people paying for two years instead of one. And ironically, that's apparently one of the big disincentives for people taking this on. So it's probably cost universities in that period of time by the sound of it. How bad is the general shortage of specialist teachers? They're saying this is a big issue. Totally right, around Australia. And it was made worse by COVID, uh, the reaction of government to COVID, I mean, I I know teachers in Sydney and Melbourne who, for whatever reason, didn't want to take the jab, and I respect that choice. Uh, But in the end, they were sacked, many of them. They they left the profession. So you've got a high attrition rate as well. I mean, many beginning teachers, when they're surveyed, only want to... They they don't really see themselves staying as teachers. Uh, Four or five years, they'll, they'll, they'll go on to something else. So we've got two issues here. One is the impact of COVID and the other is the high attrition rate. And so, especially in mathematics and science, there is a shortage around Australia. And, uh, you know, I've heard of teachers who have retired or or moved on being offered, you know, five ten thousand $10,000 to go back into the profession. How long does it take to turn a skilled person into a teacher? Well, I reckon a year, and uh, a lot of that time should be spent in the classroom, in the school, with uh, an experienced teacher as a mentor, 
bit like an apprenticeship. I mean, it's all very well to, you know, go to university, to sit in the classroom, to be taught by lecturers, many of them who have never taught in a school, many of them who have never had to deal with 25, 30 kids on a Friday afternoon. So if it's a one-year dip ed, you need a bit of theory, but you need the practice. And that means being in a school, being mentored by an experienced teacher. And it's a bit like politics, really, isn't it? We we don't want professional politicians. We want people who've had life skills and life experience to then go into politics. Surely that applies to teachers as well in a lot of cases. It does. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, there are a lot of people who, you know, whether they're accountants or whether they're doing a trade and they're sparkies or whatever it might be, who think, oh, look, I've got a lot to offer here. I, I enjoy teaching young people, so it's a great opportunity. The other point here is, especially for secondary teachers, you need a very substantial undergraduate degree. I mean, that's the other problem. A lot of teachers, uh, beginning teachers, don't have the subject expertise to be able to cope. Mm. And that's the other problem. What's happening in universities, as we all know, is very woke, and often they're not getting the academic rigour that they need to be effective in the classroom. And on that point, I mean, this was highlighted in the recent scare over NAPLAN results for, for certain age groups uh, in New South Wales in particular, but we seem to be really short in teaching, teaching basic communication skills such as writing and speaking. How do you solve that problem? Is that, is that something where you can get perhaps, and for, for want of another profession perhaps, just off the top of my head, journalists to go into teaching at some stage to teach people writing and communication? Well, I'd like to believe that, but I mean, I write to the Daily Telegraph and know a lot of uh, editors. Unfortunately, a lot of journal journalism uh, isn't what it used to be. Yeah, fair point. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I taught English uh, many years ago, and uh, you know, in the day, we were very big on grammar and punctuation and spelling and poetry to learn about language. Uh, unfortunately, we lost that for many years. They're moving back to it. But uh, as I said, you need a very strong understanding of whatever you're going to teach. And children, students, uh, they'll work out very quickly if you're not an expert in your subject. And they'll respect you as a teacher if they know that you know what you're doing. So that's important. But the other elephant in the, in the room here nobody wants to talk about we have some of the most disruptive and badly behaved classrooms among the OECD countries. So the other challenge here is in teacher training to actually teach beginning teachers how to control kids. Yeah, well, that that's something I think you and I discussed uh, in, in fairly recent times. And I... You hear all these stories. What about tertiary education? I don't want to move too far off the off the uh, track, but I've heard stories about skilled older people who apply to become tutors. They've been very successful in life. They might be in their late 50s, early 60s. They apply to become tutors at universities, but I've had people tell me, don't even bother trying. It's too difficult. Um, there's too much diversity um, specifications. So if you're of a certain age and a certain background, you, you don't have a look in because you don't meet those requirements and all, all sorts of other roadblocks. Are you hearing anything about this? Not a lot, but uh, 
I mean, university now is very different to what it was 40, 50 years ago. I mean, they are in many ways. I'm lucky. I'm at the ACU, uh, the Catholic University, and, and we have a lot of uh, freedom there, a lot of autonomy in terms of being uh, academics. But a lot of the universities are very bureaucratic. I mean, they're more a finance... They're more a business, if you know what I mean. Mm. And that's why a lot of universities during COVID were so worried about losing Chinese and Indian students because that was one of the main uh, funding sources for universities. And there's a whole other debate there, you know, we won't go into about having to dumb down standards uh, because you want all these kids from overseas. What I'm getting at, obviously, is trying to get the people who really can impart useful knowledge to young people in our education systems. And it just seems disappointing to me that we've got people in that sort of older age group. They're not too old, if you know what I mean, to be able to relate to students. Uh, They've probably got children around that same age. But they have knowledge and they want to give back. It's not easy to get them into the system, as it seems. You're right. And uh, the other problem here, you know, to... to I faced this problem a couple of years ago. I, I can't teach anymore in, in, in a school because I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't go through the hoops. You know, every year now, uh, practising teachers have to go through the bureaucratic red tape. You know, they have to show they've done diversity training, mm. you know, uh, uh, whatever it might be, whether it's Indigenous or, or LGBTQI or diversity or, or gender or whatever. It's a very bureaucratic system. And because I couldn't show that I ticked all the boxes, I can't teach anymore. There you go. Well, that, that basically sums up a lot of the problems. But at least, as you said, according to the Productivity Commission, we may well be going in the right direction. It's still a little way off, and it has to translate to federal, uh, the federal level from, from what we're hearing because this is the New South Wales Productivity Commission that's determined this. But anyway, hopefully moving in the right direction. Kevin Donnelly, thanks for your time. My pleasure.